in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Oregon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM. And just download that app, folks. Get it done. And you've got your news ABQ app that is in the works. I can't wait till you get it. Uh, for those of you who just want news, and then not all of our 60 stations, our 30 stories we post today, or our five talk stations that are all right there. D Dowd Muska, hour three, how are you? Uh, quite well. Watching as you, I'm doing what you advise. I'm watching this beautiful New Mexico sunset. And I know we don't want the fires. I, I, I agree that I understand that a lot of people are hurting. But, you know, when you do have a little smoke in the air, it does sort of add that. Something, doesn't it? It really does. And uh, this is the most beautiful place on earth right here in good old New Mexico. Hard to be. We call it it scenic poverty for those of us who are uh, fighting back. We will find joy uh, one day. President Trump just uh, tweeting out right now. I'm calling VP Pence to go over the go over the debate. Can I tell you him him you donated? He's looking for that uh, right there. Looking at an orange crush, uh, for those of you who say orange man bad, I think that's what it's (laughs) going to be. I think we're looking at the... um, Election of 1984. Want to put a little money on it? How about really? Joe or anybody? I think it's starting to look Reagan that way. Uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. There's a guy who's been making his predictions for a very long time. I tweeted him out. Follow me at Rock of Talk, and you can see the tweet that I put out there. Oh, incidentally, I'm not sure if you saw this. Michael Bloomberg offering, yes, of, uh, you know, when you think of the greatest uh, talk show hosts in the world, obviously Rush Limbaugh is right there. And uh, who else? Born on the very same day? Who is that? Howard Stern. Bloomberg's offering Howard Stern $120 million. You know who should get that kind of money, to be quite honest? And I'm better with his politics because I think uh, Howard Stern is, has run his game. Remember, he jumped behind Trump oh, yeah. in 2016 and then regretted it right, in right. 2018. Cause right. he has Trump to used go to come back. on the show all the yeah. time. Yeah, I used to I mean, be a daily listener in, in the Northeast where we listen to Howard a lot on the terrestrial radio. I'll tell you, there's two people who really just know how to cut through the uh, the monotony of, of any sort of, you know, is the setup, and here's my guest, and here is... It's Howard Stern, yep. always been good, almost yep. like he's known that person forever, and Jimmy Fallon of, uh, Jimmy Fala of uh, Fox News, and I know that you like him. I, I just was introduced to him this weekend on this station, KIVA, and he was uh, pretty entertained. But, you know, I would listen to Howard back in the day before he became, like, kook, progressive nutcase. But there, more than anything else, you know, there was a lot of that. I don't even need to get into the details of the gross stuff sure. going on in the, in the studio. But what he would do is the last hour or so of the, of the, uh, of the show, he would... Uh, of course, Robin would read the news, and Howard would comment on the news. Yep. And there was no person, I think, on Alive who has taught me more about just year after year listening to Howard almost daily. Um, his commentary on why news, you know, why statements were being made, why publicists, how publicists were shaping the news. Uh, he would, you know, he would attack people in Hollywood. He would talk to people in the news media, and he had such a, you know, his father. He was his father was in radio, you know, growing up. He just knew public relations. He knew the media so well, and it was sort of an ongoing day to day critique of what you were being exposed to. Um, and he would he would interview when he would interview guests. He would he'd say, "Oh, don't look over at the publicist. I know this is, makes you uncomfortable. Don't look over at the publicist. Tell me the answer." Yeah. And that's how dogged Howard was. And as you say, he did not care about fitting any preconceived narrative or, or, or script. And to, to, to his great credit, uh, I, I would credit Howard a lot with, with informing me about, folks, a lot of what you see is scripted uh, and programmed. Uh, no you don't get that it. here. You don't I get that here. I think a lot of that now. The more money he gets, the more scripted he's become. Joe yep. Rogan is not that. And oh, I would, no, no. I would say there's two uh, talk show hosts here in Albuquerque who may not be that either. And you know, there's two golden rules in uh, radio. One follows the other. And the first is, is don't insult the listener. Mm. 
The second is until they insult you, <laughs> either your intelligence or anything else. And those are the golden rules uh, in anything. Because there's always uh, guys looking to make a name for themselves via right. the radio, and they'll start to hog uh, up uh, time and expect you to know things, you know, at a moment's notice. And fortunately, between Dowd and I, uh, we know most things, but not all things. <laughs> if we don't and know it, we'll look it up. An individual who works closely, Eddie, with the governor stated that she's keeping businesses closed with the hope that some of the liquor license closed so she can get those issued to the breweries that supported her. I wish that I is, could. Uh, I, that is uh, interesting. I wish I could refuse to believe that, but I'll, I'll believe anything. Would that at this be point. Marble Brewery? Uh, I hate rumors, but this wouldn't surprise me. It's still a little bit early, but seriously, consider retiring with this BS that's going around. Uh, uh, Eddie, the minimum wage goes up again January first. More carnage to the struggling businesses. Good point. Uh, prayers for Carol White, also from the five hundred five. What's up, Eddie? First time texting into the Kiva. You got to go for the drive down south and check out the Trump. Trump. 2020 billboard near the north exit of Belen. Hey, hey, what's going on? Joshua A. Sanchez, uh, make sure that you uh, vote for him. I uh, love him, and a good guy hears his ads uh, here on the radio. Hi, Edward. Voting day has started in Berlioz County. How will you vote? Mail absentee. Be early. C. Election day. Therese from NM Votes. Hmm. NM Votes. Uh, Dan Bongino has cancer. Oof. That is awful. We'll be praying for him. Say a prayer. Let's take a quick moment and say uh, all prayers, all hands up for uh, Dan Bongino. Uh, Eddie, the tiny tyrant is wearing us all down. She is. Poor Carol. She's exhausting fighting the Oompa Loompa in Santa Fe. Uh, let's see. Federal court rules. Pennsylvania lockdowns. Order unconstitutional. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, follow Lowdown. Um, this guy sends in some really cool stuff. Lowdown on Instagram. He has amazing graphics, and, uh, whoa, he just might be the guy that's actually did the design for the Rock of Talk. Yeah, our logo comes from Lowdown. Brian, you're a good guy. All right, love you. Uh, did I hear clearly caught the end of it? It's likely expected that the Empress Wuhan Luhan is going to shut us down, uh, shut down in-person voting 16 days before Election Day. Quite possibly. Um, Carol doesn't seem to think so. I think, uh, I think so. You have to understand how broadly the Public Health Emergency Act is written. She basically can do whatever she wants. Way to go, Dowd. Great mass <clears throat> accent. I'm from New Hampshire, so I'm kind of an expert, LOL. Garrett and Rear Rancho, or, yeah, Garrett and Rear Rancho. I hope I got that right. Wicked. Uh, wicked. Wicked smart. I got over. I went over there to that bubbler, took a drink of the bubbler. <laughs> it was wicked broken. I love Boston. I will tell you that, that way down, way back in the day, this was like 1998, so I, I never told you, like, uh, my girlfriend back in 1998, her parents, uh, they were teachers here at Sandia Prep, and they moved to, like, one of the most elite schools uh, in all of uh, there. Now she, I believe she lives in New Hampshire. I don't know. I lost track of her some time ago. Um, but it was in a bedroom community, Brookline, Massachusetts, which is... A nice community. Yes. Yeah. Michael uh, where, Dukakisville, yes. Well, that's, yes. Uh, that's where uh, President Kenny uh, was born. Mm -hmm. And it was just unbelievable because we went out to the bars a lot and, you know, hung out you know, by Harvard and all that area, and it's incredible just, like, how um, handsy some of the, 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 the gangs of men that were there <laughs> yeah, that would roam around. And very so blue-collar there. <laughs> the only time, like, I, I saw my, my girlfriend get accosted out there, and I had to basically fight off, like, three guys who were, who were going after her. It was, like, insane. Like, yeah. who gets these guys all licking up? And they're just <laughs> out there grabbing them. But yeah. Anyway, you, you love the... We just left the Sox game at, <laughs> at Yawkey Park. <laughs> uh, Yawkey Way, I'm sorry. Fenway. Uh, David says Fauci and Burke said we would all get it too. Yes, we know that. That's good. Um, 
Yes, Eddie, please talk about Zionism as much as possible. We are saving Israel for last very specific reason not mentioned a single time. Is our stuff on the cloud? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Will we be broadcasting tomorrow? Is Q in my stuff? Uh. (sighs) Glad you guys all enjoyed that song, Indian Summer, and then the... Orange Crush, five fifty, fifty five hundred. I want to like a what's like a news a news zinger to start, you know, news news zinger. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, so, um, jingle. Yeah, we got to get one made. Who wants to make a uh, who wants to make a, a news? This audience, they us? they could come up with some things. I bet. Well, we know they will. If you're thinking of a news zinger, give, give me some ideas so we can come out the uh, six o'clock news to challenge. Uh, since we're taking on Tessa, right, and uh, Tom and Tessa, we're going to race through the. Uh, the news for the next uh, 30 minutes, uh, run into uh, Bill O'Reilly and uh, straight back uh, into, well, the debates tonight. You taking calls tonight Seven. after the debate? I am, yeah. They'll be finished up about uh, 9 o'clock, I believe. Uh, we'll get some of the commentary. Um, I want your calls. I want your input. I want you to tell me winner, losers, insights. Um, I'll give you all the highlights. What, what, you know, last time, last Tuesday when I did the uh, debates, um, you know, I, I you know I'm sitting here copiously taking notes and trying to you know stay on top of everything, and then I live blog or live Facebook it, live blog it, I guess, just by writing all my comments on Facebook. So that's generally how I keep tabs of what happened through the entire thing, and then just remember. Go ahead. Do, uh, do you think uh, Mike Pence is is a midwestern sort of Bible thumping guy? I, he he doesn't have that kind of attack dog personality that Trump does, and I I wonder how that personality will play against a hardcore progressive activist from the West Coast. It's going to be an interesting dynamic, and it's hard for me to like see how that, that's going to work out. Well, I think it's not. I think he's going to have an adapted personality, uh, but I think he's ahead enough. He's had to think on his toes. Obviously, he was on the radio, yep. Uh, yep. has to present a lot of information. You know, he probably has, I would, uh, I would imagine, a photographic memory so he can remember stats and all these various other things. So I think he'll be able to pull from that. But I think it, the real way to debate, and I wish Mark Ronchetti would have done this. Um, I wish you know our all of our candidates would. The the real way to debate is to validate or understand what the information that has been presented uh, from your opponent, without getting emotional about it. Mm-hmm. So every time that you get emotional, you make sort of you know faces and things like that. That doesn't help anybody. It Remember, Al Gore. You're, 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 <laughs> you're not trying to appeal to a particular audience or a strain of audience. So. You know, so for example, if 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 you're my opposition doubt and you present some information that I disagree with, I'm not going to get emotional about it. I'm going to say, well, uh, I understand what you're saying, doubt, and most people would think that that was right, but here's why it's yeah, wrong. Yeah. Uh, a, B, and C, and here's what it is. And oh, I also remember a history uh, uh, that uh, my opponent has with this particular uh, issue um, back a couple of years ago. I can't recollect uh, recollect exactly, but didn't you say such and such, mm-hmm. and you call them in? And then have them defend a point that they're not ready to defend mm-hmm. and let them hang themselves on enough rope. So you have to be, I think, a kinder, gentler, and I think that will work better with Mike Pence. Um, and not in any way, shape, or form on being derogatory or towards uh, Donald Trump. But this is a man who's been attacked for the last 1,200 days during his presidency. Um, you're giving him the very first chance to actually attack back on the debate stage. Uh, his, he is not going to have an adapted personality. It is his normal self that's out there. And I think Donald Trump reacted the way that Donald Trump actually feels. 
And there's good and bad to that. But I would suggest to you that you think of that as mostly good. Mm-hmm. Don't think of that as a strategy. All the other rules throw out for any any other person. Sure. Donald sure. Trump is his own man. He's his own person. And, you know, we used to watch heavyweight title fights all the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know, Rudy. Rudy, I know. Are you there, Rudy? No, he's not. Rudy likes when I make these parallels with sports. Yeah. You know, it's just, and this is one of the reasons why Jimmy Fallon works so, so well on Sundays. Um but you have to knock the champion out. The onus is on the opposition. The problem that every single person had in watching Chris Wallace is that Chris Wallace was getting helped by the ref the entire time. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the only reason why he's the heavyweight champion is because he cheated. Mm-hmm. And that's the way Chris Wallace approached it. So he was enabling the bad behavior that was coming out from Joe Biden first. And you saw Joe Biden when he came out. You know, he didn't agree to the rules. Um <laughs> We don't know that he didn't have an earpiece uh, in his head. He had uh, uh, plenty of notes uh, that were right in front of him. And then he had the enabler on stage, so Chris Wall. So he was at a sincere, sincere uh, advantage, not to mention 93% of the media is against uh, Donald Trump. So, you know, let's just do the math here. It wasn't going to end up for Donald Trump good in any way, shape, or form. But he was good to call it out and get that out, get that information out so we could all pick it apart and, and make the determination that, yeah, Donald Trump actually knows what he's talking about. The gaffes were committed by Joe Biden. The media didn't play it up. They instead looked at style over substance. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, stylistically, you have to understand that Kamala Harris, uh, she's going to be reaching. She's going to be scrambling. And she is going to be the one who's going to get emotional. So Mike Pence is going to come out on top today. Uh, he'll be factual. He'll have his uh, homework done, and he's going to know what to do. And I think the way his approach is to be, you know, he's going to approach her like a lady. He is going to, remember, this is a guy who does not get into an elevator with another woman. Smart man. Only his no, wife. No me too problems ever for my so, well, well, there's a specific <laughs> reason for yeah, that. No, it's I smart. Doubt, yeah. I doubt he's uh, public, but he is never al- uh, alone with a lady at any point. Yep. So yep. Mike Pence will come out on, on top easily tonight, and uh, they'll try to poke holes in it, and they won't be able to find it. And one of the greatest, I think, uh, trade-offs uh, between the uh, Trump-Pence thing is, you know, it's really peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> if you really, but it doesn't make it. a delicious sandwich. <laughs> well, but, but if you think about it, I mean, who could be more opposite yeah, to yeah. Donald Trump than a guy like Mike Pence? So yeah, yeah. I think it's going to play out re- very well. Today. I think the best point you made, and just to expand on it, is is Kamala Harris is a progressive far left person, woman of woman of color from the West Coast, which has become crazy left wing the last couple decades. In her entire career, you know she's not used to having people challenge her. And I think your point about maybe her getting emotional and her having some issues. Yeah. Um, I just remember just in story from my private life, I debated a, uh, well, I guess my professional life, I debated a, an economist in Connecticut, uh, University of Connecticut economist who is called by every reporter in Connecticut, it was 15 years ago, um, is just considered the oracle of economics in Connecticut. He spouts his left-wing nonsense all the time. Nobody ever challenges him. So I... Uh, was invited to just sort of have a panel kind of thing with him and me and a guy in the middle. And he got very flustered when I would call out his errors, uh, just the kind of stuff you'd throw out about, you know, there's no... There's no research indicating that right to work is a good policy. There's no research indicating any uh, any negative effects from a minimum wage. He was just so used to reporters just nodding their heads at everything he said. When I would start throwing stuff back at him, uh, he did not like that. He had a very imperious attitude about it. And when someone was standing up, and I, I wasn't really being obnoxious, I was just you know countering these lame points he was trying to make. Um, 
people came up to me at the end of the event, and I had this line of people who wanted to talk to me. I think it was just Waterbury Chamber of Commerce in Connecticut, the city of Waterbury. And nobody was talking to him. And the next morning, a family foundation, somebody had, you know, it's Connecticut, people have money, uh, wrote a check for the think tank I was working for for, for $10,000 the next morning because they said they'd never seen him taken apart like that. I think he and Kamala Harris are the same person. I think they're just used to having people yeah. just smile at them and nod their heads and never challenge them. And if Pence is smart, and he is a smart guy, um, he will challenge her politely, but bit by bit it'll wear on her because she's just not used to it. And it may well, the, remember, the claws there, may come there out. There are going to be handlers, so there's going to be a buffer there. But there I would, will. I would, I, would, I would argue this. There's a reason why she has gotten to that point, and it's because she's willing to shock and awe. She's willing to do... Uh, the unthinkable or really the thinkable that everybody thinks that you would never do. And that's the shot that she's taken every time. So people, the most important word in politics, fear. If your opponent doesn't fear you, right. that's not an opponent. Right. So what's the one thing about Donald Trump? Why are we shutting down the economy? Why do we create this entire pandemic? Why do we do all these types of things? There's so much fear of Donald Trump and how, I mean, there's an entire movie about it, The Art of the Insult. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump, watch it on Amazon. Do you yeah. want to watch those 16 people who were standing up to Donald Trump, the Republican primary, they were scared to death. They're like, what the hell is, yeah. what yeah. The hell is this? <laughs> yeah. They went from seeing him as a joke to about 10 seconds later saying, oh. <laughs> and, and it, it, our audience should understand that this isn't scripted, but uh, you know, serendipitous moments consist, consistently strike us because uh, you know what luck is. It's where preparedness uh, meets opportunity. And this is just one such place. And I was just thinking about this movie, and I played this scene before here uh, on the air, but the Goodwill hunting bar scene, that's a debate of – Epic proportions, and you remember, and this goes right to my point about the whole entire thing. The entire thing is to validate, know your information, be prepared, and be willing to respond in such a way that you didn't have to lose your cool or lose your position. And that's what people really respect. And particularly the, the type of respect that gets is mostly women. Mm. Women, those mm. suburbanites, yeah. the women who are well-educated, because, like, you know what, you can handle yourself. You didn't have to start a fight. You didn't have to get yourself uh, into that uh, the, that kind of predicament. Let's go to that scene, and uh, we'll Very pick nice. it up from the, the time where uh, Matt Damon is uh, rescuing his friend, uh, who's a little inebriated and uh, really trying to pick up on this girl uh, who is um, Minnie Driver, right? Uh, uh, yes, British. Uh, uh, here, here we go. No, I don't doubt that it was. Yeah. I, uh, I remember that class. It was, um, it was just between recess and lunch. Clark, why don't you go away? Why don't you relax? Why don't you go away? I'm just having fun with my new friend, that's all. Wait, you gonna have a problem? No, 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 there's no problem here. I was just hoping you might give me some insight into the evolution of the market economy in the southern colonies. My contention is that uh, prior to the Revolutionary War, the economic modalities, especially in the southern colonies, could most aptly be characterized as agrarian pre-capital. All right, of course that's your Hang contention. On a You're a first-year grad student. You just got finished reading some Moxian historian, Pete Garrison, probably. You're going to be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon. Then you're going to be talking about how the economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's going to last until next year. You're going to be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood talking about, you know, the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital-forming effects of military mobilization. As a matter of fact, I won't because Wood drastically underestimates the impact Wood of social distinctions. Wood drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. Were you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? Do you have any thoughts of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own? 
as your own idea just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own, and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. Yeah, but I will have a degree, and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-thru on our way to a skiing trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be unoriginal. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, right there. Oh, by the way, uh, you, you didn't get to hear the uh, the f bomb there. Only on the internet. That's uh, one of the great advantages of listening on the app. Out. Not regu- the app is not regulated by FC regulations. I tell you, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of Damon and Affleck, but boy, they got, they got that one right. They really did, and they came up with a whole uh, script uh, by their very lonesome. And uh, but there, that's exactly the point. A guy with a photographic memory, a guy with a photographic memory, able to argue facts, you know, uh, at the ready, on top of uh, of issues, uh, without actually escalating or elevating. Um, the emotion of it. And that's, that gives people, that gives the audience, that gets everybody there to a point where it's like, you know what, I, I came up, I came away with this mm. and I learned something. Mm. Because at the end of the day, we don't really care about our politicians. We don't care if they live or die or, yeah, yeah. or any of these types of things. They're just characters just, in a movie to us. Exactly. Yeah. And they're markers. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, so, so and so and such and such. And this is why such, so many people, and I don't want to go down, the, but very quickly since this point is in, right in front of me, but this is why so many people have such a hard time with Michelle Lujan Grisham, is because she's become an, another person in everyone's family. She's had a, such a grave impact on yes. everybody that people are like, you know what, I, we, we, we need to get a divorce from this. We need to impeach MLG, and by the way... Irreconcilable differences, <laughs> I think the term is. I mangled it, but you know what I, I'm getting at. <laughs> New Mexico clerks report heavy first day of voting, as reported by the Albuquerque Journal. In Albuquerque, about 100 people stood in line, socially distanced, of course, before 8 a.m. It was clear down the block, according to Linda Stover, who is a Bernalillo County clerk. Lee County clerk Keith Maines said about 300 people voted in person through late Tuesday afternoon, 10 times more than usual or the past election. So people are out in earnest. They're early, and they want their vote counted. I would highly recommend to you that uh, you go before next Wednesday Well, because there is... Uh, I think quietly this uh, rumor going around that she might have a second shutdown. Uh, yes, and I, I just quoting our, our beloved William F. Buckley, uh, I would rather be governed by the first uh, 300 people to vote in Lee County uh, on, uh, on on the earliest day of voting than the first 300 people voting in Bernalillo County. Uh, I believe it was uh, Buckley said, I would rather be governed by the, uh, 2000, the first 2,000 names in the Boston phone book than the 2,000 faculty members of Harvard University. <laughs> Just want to draw that distinction for you, ladies and gentlemen. Our, our state is a very bifurcated state. <laughs> I, I, I think I have a lot more in common with people in Lee County than I do with people in Bernalillo County. Oh, there's yes, some good people in Bernalillo. Hey, I listen to you up there in the Kiva. <laughs> it seems like a pretty good place to work. We love you two fellers. Why don't you come down here to Hobbs? Senate Intelligence Committee report detailed how the son of a major presidential candidate, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, was an extensive history of shady foreign business dealings. He received $3.5 million wire transfer from the wife of the Russian politician. <laughs> Reported by New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSC. No, nope, 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 no, never made it. Nope, ain't going to be out there. In fact, the mainstream media is going to miss out on all of this stuff. So here we are on quite... Possibly what's the largest story and has a local connection here in New Mexico, which you'll continue to learn about. Uh, D. Dowd, Muska, and I are hot on the uh, trail of this, and all the information is already out there. But uh, 
Here we go. We uh, What's mentioned is Rosemont Seneca Partners with Christopher Hines, Senator John Kerry's stepson. Glad you picked this up, uh, Dowd, because this is important. A former company here in the state of New Mexico, BGK Companies. And uh, you're learning a lot on uh, that old company formerly run by and now uh, traded off to Seneca, uh, Rosemont, while Hunter Biden was on the board. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's fascinating. The, the, of course, the Biden camp is keep saying, well, that, that report is discredited. You know, Hunter never had anything to do with this. The New York uh, New Yorker profile, okay, might as well be the New York Times in terms of credibility among media elites. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, no, last year, they profiled Hunter Biden in the New Yorker, and here's the exact quote. In June 2009, five months after Joe Biden became vice president, Hunter co-founded a second company, Rosemont Seneca Partners. So, you know, to, ah. to, to just deny this when the mainstream media has reported ah. this. Uh, you know, Eddie, uh, by, it breaks way, my heart. By because, the way, this coming out of the uh, Federalist, but uh, actually uh, credited credited by a number of other uh, news organizations as well. So this isn't right wing no, slander uh, jur- slanderism journalism. Not at all. And and as a professional researcher, uh, next week will be my 28th anniversary of paid paid work in this uh, crazy line of uh, I wouldn't call it business, but uh, I would say it's more of a calling than a profession i'm still waiting for the, how the check the, how, um, how in the hell did you get up if you get a call up to the big leagues i hope that i'm the big leagues but if you get a call up to the other big leagues if they, i gotta tell you i'm not i'm not going to be sad if it, if uh, you get a sniff at that national media is not really interested in libertarianism they're they kind of like team red or team blue you kind of have to pick pick a side and those of us who are a little outside don't fit in but anyway i I've, so my whole life i've read my adult life my professional life i've read the washington post i've read the new york times and eddie i will tell you at this point you know their report, their their editorial pages were terrible. Um, you know their op-ed pages, they would run a lot of kooks. But their their basic reportage, slightly skewed to the left. But you could you could count on them to cover important issues. And on basic facts, they were okay. I'm reaching a point, 28 years in, where I don't really pay a lot of attention to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Yeah, well, they're, they're not reliable. They've lost a lot of circulation and readership. They just don't have the credibility yeah. they did. Um, and they're, they're, I think it's the older generation of editors who would say, hey. Go back, nail that fact down, nail that quote down, get another source for that claim. I think it's all activists right now pretending to be journalists. And, you know, CNN is a complete lost cause. I mean, forget them. They're, they're even worse than the Times of the Post. So it, it kind of breaks my heart, you know, for, for, to, to, to be a guy from Libertarian. I'm not from Team Blue or Team Red. To, to want to read as much as I can from as many sources as I can to take what I considered fairly reliable sources and to just sort of kick them out of my life. It's sad, and and we're all suffering for it. We need a vibrant media on all sides. You know, people who try to play it straight, people who lean right, left, libertarian, um, and you have trusted institutions that have existed for decades, centuries. Who I just don't pay attention to anymore. I don't trust them. People should know that uh, before the uh, hour of uh, seven a.m., the angry hour of seven a.m., uh, we've already perused through sixty-three different websites to pull information, including uh, such uh, great uh, websites as Jihad Watch. Trumpet, uh, which I actually enjoy. Um, one of my favorite websites, uh, by the way, is American Renaissance. Mm. Yes, I visit Infowars daily. I got to see what's going on. One News Now, downtrend, uh, as long as my cookies are, are protected. Uh, Powerline and American Thinker, Free Beacon, and uh, about the only mainstream media that I really subscribe to nationally is the Wall Street Journal, yeah, which you, you're on my subscription. I'm on your subscription. <laughs> yeah, so I'm you saving see, me a little money. But you, say, you see that there in the Wall Street Journal, it's kind of got a uh, healthy balance of of right and left, back and forth, and, uh, you know, you can at least get through it, and there's a way you can read through the Wall Street Journal in about 45 minutes if you actually had the printed version. But 
I don't even think anybody since the Albuquerque Journal, I was going to say this, isn't printing it anymore. There would be no way to get the printed version of the Wall Street Journal here to any of the Albuquerque subscribers any longer. Is that good? I don't know. I, I can look it up. Yeah. Is there anybody actually receiving the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, let Journal us know if you're still a, a paper I doubt subscriber. that you can because the journal doesn't have a printing press. It's one of the things that we actually left as they decided to go ahead and print everything uh, by the I, time. I tell you, though, the, the journal, if you do pay for your account or, uh, say, mooch off someone else's account, like a certain someone speaking right now, um, the, the, its layout uh, is fantastic. The pop-ups are nothing. Uh, it's it's probably if I had to go to, uh, name a straight up mainstream media source that would be the most sort of user friendly and most yeah. comprehensive. It's it's still the journal. Come on. Yeah. So uh, what's news? World news, and uh, you can drill down the left side of the page. You'll get the. I mean, my favorite thing is I always. I mean, you should see about this. How can you get one of those Wall Street Journal cartoon profiles? You know, when they always oh. feature that, there's got to be somebody who does that or we would yes. be a pain. Cause I've, it's that's like a little like, pixelated kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's been yeah. my favorite thing. Yes. But, it, but it's like this patented thing that they do that you know that that article from the Wall Street Journal. Yep. Even if you didn't see any of the other, you know, uh, uh, attachments uh, to it, you'd be realized from that picture that oh, that's the Wall Street iconic, Journal. Iconic, yeah. And then they would always run that image next to a person when they were profiling somebody on the editorial page like, who is Vince Foster? You know, they would have a lengthy <laughs> yeah, right? editorial explaining, you know, why they're why they are the way they are. I think we're nerding out to our own stuff now. I mean, I before no you one's know listening it, anyway. we're going to probably no, that's it. Nobody pays attention. I think uh, one of the things that you and I are doing now is we're going to be start drilling drilling down onto the font. Into the paragraph yep. sizes and yep. the and colors serif, that they and use. And sans serif. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five fifty fifty. Kerning is a big thing. Kerning. I'll get to your the difference between the n dash and the m dash. We could get into that. <laughs> Nerd. I love editing. I love editing. Uh, Eddie, I'm going to take a picture of my ballot before I turn it in. We will need a record. Thank you. Uh, wise, wise policy. A local group was falsely claiming on Facebook that the governor was going to close polls on October 15th. The governor warns people not to be fooled. Oh, here's a direct uh, warning. Governor rebuffs misinformation, affirms she is not closing down polling locations. Uh, maybe they just got a little bit of help in uh, making sure that she doesn't. Is there anything wrong with that? Mm. It's the InfoWars with Alex Jones. Harold and Small about to debate on Channel 4. Interesting. Should we jump on that? I thought we already watched the first one. I, I went to sleep. It was in the middle you of the Cowboys. You told me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like the first 20 minutes. and <sighs> Save it. Uh, Pence will be very level-headed. Yes, exactly. I predict that all the Democrat-led states will shut down as a way to prevent the in-person voting, especially since they know the silent majority Trump voters will be able to show up. You're actually helping by pushing that information out because, trust me, it is on their mind. Trust me. You're beating true. them to the punch. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, hi, at HF. You guys mentioned the smoke-enhanced sunrise sunset in my travels today, eastern New Mexico sunrise. Man, look at this. We're, we're literally, I mean, I, I feel like the, the guy on... Uh, Remember CBS, not CBS, on uh, the Today Show? What was the guy that, oh, Will, Will, Willard Scott. Yes. <laughs> and Miss Janie Lee Simpson. And Normal Ohio is 101 years old today. <laughs> uh, Trump says he has authorized the total declassification of documents related to the Russia hoax. Good People move. feel like this is the draining of the swamp. It is uh, swamp and it's going to happen. And uh, as always, one of the, my favorite websites. Do you read the Zero Hedge? Yes, I have. Yes, yes. That yes. is, uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. the best because. Tyler you know, Durden? Tyler yeah. Durden, there it is. Yeah, club, I want you to is. hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> um, but the insight and information uh, to all of this, uh, I don't know, you look at this, uh, the Russiagate, uh, that's, that's coming out. This is the moment that we've all been waiting for. And I posted directly on my Facebook this morning. I said, We've officially gone to war. 
this draining of the swamp, I mean, the gloves are off. You're now hearing the word of uh, head Zionist uh, politically, uh, Adam Schiff, today. Oh. And what he's saying, and uh, folks, make no mistake about it, going to war is exactly uh, what's happening. Can, and, can you and, give me, in, in 90 seconds, as someone who's really not followed this because I'm a policy guy, can you give me, and I'm not saying this is not important, I, I think clearly with the release of this documents, we need to see everything. Can you give me 90 seconds on the Steele dossier, Crossfire Hurricane, like what, when they say this is the greatest political scandal and they tried to take down a president, is that an accurate depiction of what the deep white state was doing against Trump? Well, I mean, we're going back to, you know, 2016, right. and we're dealing with, you know, the one person who actually can do it succinctly, um, because he's on top of this, is Dan Butterfield. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's been I mean, focused yeah. on that, and he has obviously been focused, and he airs at uh, 1230 uh, on Saturdays, exactly. although it's going to be a bit. I mean, we're going back to, like, I think Rosenstein. We're going back to, you know, yeah. Comey and Strzok. Yeah. We're going back head of the FBI um, and how this whole thing was set up, the meeting on the tarmac and what was discussed. I mean, we're, we're getting to this point. And who picked up the dossier? Well, it was McCain. How was it delivered? I mean, this <laughs> is deep state stuff. Yeah. So it's Republicans and Democrats, and it's the never-Trumpers. And uh, I think McCain, or not McCain, uh, Romney has moved off of that stuff. But mm. there's this uh, sort of this large force field that's around the deep state, CIA, FBI, that were trying to do everything they can because they knew that Donald Trump, by coming in, I mean, these wiretaps that they were putting in, yep, in yep. the background on a private citizen yep, yep. that they were doing, these things were completely and totally in violation of the Constitution. And we know that we can trace the money directly back to none other than Hillary Clinton. So oh, the, the, the be. setup and the setup uh, it really is well. How much did Biden know? How much did right, uh, Obama right. know in in going into all this? And you know, you can't leave out uh, the very important players like Susan Rice and the various other people who are going to be implicated in all this. And you know, it's evident there. But you know, to put it succinctly, you know, when Rosenstein, I think he testified what middle of last year when he was there, you understood that the guy was completely and totally lying through his teeth. This still dossier was completely and totally fabricated from i can't remember the name of the group uh you guys can think of it it was a, it was across uh, across the pond uh, so to speak oh, right, right. out of london uh, I, I wish i could look it up right now but i mean this is what this is who fabricated this, this information it was a complete and total fabrication and they wanted to figure out how it was going to happen and as you saw in the text messages a fusion like, gps fusion gps there you go thank you and so as the exchanges that were created between uh, peter struck and uh, the other gal that he was having the uh, affair with, they were going to do everything in their power as members of the FBI to make sure that Donald Trump would never see the White House. That was it. They'll make sure that he was... Uh, Your removed. government, ladies and they were starting within the first, uh, I believe, first hour after he was inaugurated on, yeah, Donald Trump won't survive, you know, the first six months. Right. And the phrase insurance policy was raised? Somebody wrote about that? Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll have to go back into in yeah, depth. Yeah, so deep. Uh, I mean. Let me see what Dan uh, Butterfield, danbutterfield.com See what he has on it. I know I have a. I think I have a membership. Dan, you're welcome to call in. I'm sure he's listening uh, right now. But uh, let's see. He's talking a lot about uh, COVID stuff. I know he gets a lot of. He listens every single day. Smart guy. Uh, yeah, then we're getting a President Zelensky. So I'm looking at that. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, we'll just uh, we'll set that aside, and he, he's welcome to call in and and kind of uh, give us uh, his ninety second succinct uh, look at it all. But um, there you go. All right, okay. So we are, yeah. 
so so as I the 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 point that I was trying to make with regard to uh, why we know we're at war is because you're seeing the social media war against Donald Trump. So anything that Donald Trump puts out, or anything all his members put out, or you know people on Twitter, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, this stuff is getting reduced. <laughs> and in fact, I have such a stat to actually prove this on my Facebook. And if you look at your Facebook page, I'm making as many pages. I mean, I'm making as many posts as I ever had. And hey, you've my, been busy lately. My reach has been reduced significantly, and it's telling me. Uh, let me give you the uh, the quick and dirty uh, stats out here. Uh, by the way, six forty three. Uh, here in the Kiva, we're going to cruise right through uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, this afternoon. And by the way, prayers, uh, thoughts, and prayers with Dan Bongino. So, okay, so people people reached from September 9th through October 6th. How in the hell am I down 69 <laughs> percent? Yeah, as the election gets closer, does that make sense? Yeah, and the listenership goes up. You're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. And no, then no, the no, other no. day on Apple, we were flagged, right. and then our station was removed. Post engagements down 72 <laughs> percent how does that even happen no. and if i look at right now and i go to uh, centova which i can track how many people are listening actively online like it's never been yeah. higher yeah. like the stuff is just not lining up it's not um synchronizing you know so let's see how many i people. saw yeah, your look, post I, look I'm, at, I'm at 325 gigs uh, we're six days through <laughs> six days through there's 103 people that are listening right now as we go into the the sunset I mean, you know, you do the multiplier, that's 7,500 people, yep, yep. roughly. Uh, 7,075 7, people, excuse me, at, at 101. So th- th- this massive number of people who are listening, but people aren't engaging? And I'm posting literally every single day? So what is Facebook, what is Twitter, what are these various uh, you know entities doing trying to reduce our ability to speak? And this is what's happening. Flu season is coming up. Many people die every year. That whole tweet uh, putting out to Facebook Live that Trump put out was immediately censored because they don't want people to think differently than what the mainstream media information is putting out. And what needs to be reined in, and it won't be, ironically speaking, because it was none other than, uh, what's Pocahontas' name? Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren started a war with Google. Right. She was starting this whole antitrust thing and everything. So you tell me, what what is wrong with these companies like Apple, Facebook, Google, getting reprimanded by Elizabeth Warren, yet they're advocating for Democrat and liberal policies and yeah. Donald Trump's like, leave them alone. Don't you don't 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 get in their way. They have a right to pursue business however they see. He's not trying to break these uh, big tech beasts uh, up. But Democratic lawmakers are calling for Congress to rein in Facebook, Google, Amazon. Like, this is a sleight of hand right here is what you're actually happening. Because when you look at Silicon Valley, the liberalist valley in all the land, by the way, which I've been. I've been to the Google campus, the Google Google Plex. I mean, that whole entire place, nothing but liberals. So understand that your information is getting restricted, but at their own cost. Why? Because that's how deep... Yes. Their hate runs for Donald Trump. <laughs> That's crazy. And anybody who's on, on board with them or anybody who's on board with, um, I don't know, American values, such as the McCloskeys. In fact, a grand jury on Tuesday indicted the St. Louis couple. Why? They're in a Democrat city. These guys that displayed a gun while hundreds of racial injustice protesters marched on their private street. 
By the way, I picked up a I picked up a new gun today. Ooh! You want to you want to? Am I allowed to show it to you on the radio? <laughs> well, that kid got suspended, I think, in Kentucky for for the for the, for the Nerf gun. <laughs> Look at this! Look at this shotgun! Oh! This is a shotgun. Mossberg? Uh, no, this is. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> so, but you can hear it. There you go. So it's an actual. It's the reverse. Yeah. It's yeah. the reverse sawed-off shotgun. Nice. Very, very nice. Uh, just to circle back very quickly on Silicon Valley, Eddie, the, the Wired performed an analysis. They put it up yesterday that Wired, the technology magazine that used to be fantastic and now it's terrible. Uh, employees at Alphabet, Al- Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, and Oracle have contributed nearly 20 times as much money to Biden as to Trump since the beginning of 2019. Ask yourself how that makes any sense. Uh, employees at Alphabet, so that's the Google uh, yeah. holding company, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so ask yourself um, how that makes any are sense. Are Biden's biggest financial backers in Silicon Valley, having donated just shy of $1.8 million, more than one-third of the money raised from employees of the six companies. An analysis by Open Secrets, a watchdog, found that contributions from Alphabet's employees and political action committee to the Biden campaign collectively exceed those from any other company. <clears throat> they love them some Joe Biden. Well, think about it. There's not a single person in the Googleplex that makes less than $100,000 unless oh, really? you're, like, cutting flowers yeah, or water. Sure. They literally – do you know how much money Google has? Do you know how much money they have? Let me tell you how much money they have. Cash they're I'm sitting gonna, on? I'm going to tell you one of their behaviors that they have. Okay, just one behavior. Because they don't want a particular person to go some other to some other uh, competitor or another person in Silicon Valley, they will literally give that person – the amount of money that they're asking for. One such case, a guy got $165,000 to just sit there and practically almost do nothing, just wow. test and play all day long. Just not work because for someone else. Because they did not want him to go someplace else. Interesting. That's what they do. Yeah. So when the innovation stops and all that, they're, they're like, they got the FU money. Yeah. Like, here yeah, it is. Yeah, we yeah. don't want you to have him, so I'm going to buy him. Yep, yep. They buy slaves. Yeah. Adam Carolla calls it FME money because, because you can actually <laughs> hurt yourself. He changed his car insurance registration. He watches he too was, many lottery, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> lottery movies. Five fifty, fifty five hundred. Biden says there shouldn't be a second debate if Trump still has COVID nineteen. Already hedging a week ahead of time. There we'll you have go. all there the uh, coverage, which is going to be next Thursday night. So we'll have uh, all of that. Chicken Joe, Chicken Joe. Big thing floating around. Undecided voters at NBC Biden Town Hall were featured on MSNBC <laughs> as Biden <laughs> voters. Yeah, you like this. And, and it was uh, played two or three times on Fox News today. Yeah, yep. Even at some of their more liberal yep. shows, including Dana Perino and Outnumbered Down. Yeah. Uh, NBC's Town Hall uh, with Joe Biden and, quote, undecided voters in Miami uh, didn't seem to have undecided voters. A Politico reporter, Mark Caputo, uh, reacted. Uh, two of the attendees, uh, one of whom moderator Lester Holt. Oh, poor Lester Holt. Whatever happened to Countdown Iraq with Lester Holt? That was, I'm an old man. Uh, 20 years. Uh, identified as Hillary Clinton voter who had voted Republican in the past, appeared on MSNBC back in August. Oh, wow. Back two months ago. Uh, and were both identified as the, by the network as Biden supporters. Uh, if we get four more years of Trump, good luck. And good luck with the future attracting younger voters, Florida voter Peter Gonzalez said during the uh, August 21st program. I mean, folks, it's, you're watching a play. I mean, you really, you're watching a staged, scripted play, and uh, you're just going to have to start to cross these particular media outlets off your list, and you're just going to have to go to uh, places like, uh, I don't know, jump into that Kiva and get some, get some facts. There you go. Uh, you know what? Uh, what happened to Lester Holt? Did he pass? He? I see an in memoriam or, or a tribute. Why are they giving him? Oh, by the way, here's the, uh, here's the uh, intro to uh, 
Well, I don't. I don't even know if it is. Didn't he host uh, NBC Nightly News here? Yes, yeah. he is in America. Well, he's the news anchor for the weekday edition of NBC Nightly News. Still, yeah. Okay. okay. There he is. Permanent anchor named in June 2015. I used to like his investigative stuff that he would do. Oh yeah. The investigative stuff I thought was always uh, pretty cool. What did he do? I tell the, you, what, this the is... Friday night 48 hours type oh, yeah? thing or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, Dateline NBC. There you yeah, go. I love yeah. the Dateline. It's always about. Some uh, girlfriend murdering her boyfriend and some sort of scheme. Oh yeah, those are juicy. Yeah, and then like the the girl, the wife was in the the tub upstairs, and it's like she was taking a couple <laughs> different types of drugs, but he might have slipped it into the wine. So was it an accident or was it intentional? And then of course he'd, like be, he'd give, been dating like someone people, else the whole yeah, right, time. There you go. And then like he marries her three months later after the wife is dead. Oh, it's always what a tangled web we weave. But Eddie, isn't it a testament to the weakness, the falling apart, the the tragic collapse of mainstream media when I, I could not have told you who the anchor of NBC Nightly News was until I just looked this up right well, now. Well, we knew for years it was, it was, it was, there it is. That's, that's the Majestic Open, apparently. Here's the other one. Sound like the Dateline NBC? That doesn't sound ominous and like someone's going to die. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't turn into in, tune into that with a majestic open of the NBC News mm. or Dateline NBC, I should say. Five fifty, fifty five hundred. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead, gentlemen. Would you like a range report since you're talking about firearms? Mm, if you can make it twenty seconds or less. Well, let's see. Uh, if you've got a small statured female in your household. The P238 is a really good one because it's easier to pull the uh, slide on. Okay. The 22 TCM has minimal recoil and maximum lethality for the size of the round. And if you're going for a shotgun, there is what they call the K12, which is a Kalashnikov formatted 12-gauge semi-automatic. It is a great shotgun. The drawback to that one is that you cannot leave the magazine in the magazine well. I got to get to your own show. It seems like to to me you just like you you have your own. Did did you do your own show or something? Negative. I only call into you. In fact, I've gotten a whole lot of people to listen to your show because they're waiting to hear from me. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let's just give you the floor for another minute. Continue, please. The, leaving the magazine in the K-12, it will square off the fore end of your 12-gauge uh, round, round. I found that out the hard way when I actually had to use it. I ended up having to drop three rounds into the dirt so that I could run over to the manure pile and scare the crap out of it because somebody was trying to break into a neighbor's backyard. They had reached, recently purchased the place, and... There was nobody on the residence. Now, more specifically recently is the changeover from full metal jacket to jacketed hollow point on the battle rifles because I don't want to spend five or six rounds on dropping somebody, especially if I'm faced with five or six people. I just want to do one, 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 and we're done. There you go. All right. There we go. We got the uh, range report there from... uh... Dave out in uh, Las Lunas. Uh, always, always, always good to hear. I didn't even get my chance to ask about. I'm look. I'm in the market for an AR, and I just. I was. I'm expecting my next Rona bucks check to uh, give me the money I need to buy my AR. <laughs> the honey badger's out. Hey. 
Wow, we had such good flow going for a while. I didn't realize that the only reason why other people tune in to the radio station has to do with someone waiting for a call. Perhaps we should right. uh, sell off a specific segment, uh, Dowd. Uh, well, usually it's the on-air talent. Why? <laughs> usually. I mean, I don't know much about You've radio. Doing... You're the professional, but... but uh, well, yeah. How long have you been doing radio? For how many years? Uh, I've been hosting... 25? Uh, I've been making appearances yet, almost 25, hosting mm-hmm. for well, like 12, 13. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, the rhyme and reason of the radio. We don't know what we're doing. Texas Grand Jury indicting on Netflix for alleged lewd visual material. Very interesting. By the way, I saw some of the photos. Oh, I haven't Quite watched any of Quite disturbing. It's as bad as they say? It's worse okay. than I thought. Not as bad as they say, but worse than I thought. I mean, there's this particular uh, position that one of these little girls is in, and immediately the evocation that you would get from the way that she was positioned is exactly what was intended. And it's so incredibly disturbing that you have to, like, move away from it. You're like, this is wrong. This is just absolutely uh, wrong. Oh, uh, by, by the way, before we jump in into this, uh, headlong into this uh, uh, debate tonight, we did promise the Johnny Nash I can see clearly now in all that. The NBC uh, nightly football ratings have plummeted 39%, the lowest number in nearly two years. Ted Cruz and Mark Cuban got into it. They got into a Twitter spat over the drop in NBA ratings. Uh, we have a little tribute there at News ABQ to uh, Eddie Van Halen. A great, great setup uh, by Breitbart uh, uh, this morning. 25 questions that Kamala Harris should be asked uh, mm. during the debate. I got to say, Breitbart, uh, God rest his soul. He was something. Great conservative. Uh, could never call Fearless. him. Could not call him a Republican. No, 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 no. Principal guy. Yeah, it just... Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound as bad as it sounded. You you know what I mean. I know exactly what it meant. But, uh, you know, I still was waiting for that right before that, uh, you know, I contend that uh, he was given a a cocktail. I was awfully curious. The investigative reporter, Michael, whatever, that uh, went into flames at 3.30 in the morning and his Mercedes-Benz flying away. I mean, I think that was a runaway thing in terms of how he was impacting the Obama administration. I forget his last name, but... You know, I think that these conservatives, after that big win in 2010 by the Tea Party, that's big never threat be able to, happen. to the power yeah. elite. Yeah, yeah big so threat. I think there's still some of that uh, sort of hanging around. Oh, we, somebody still wants to talk. Uh, Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. I'm still trying to figure this baby call now. Uh, for your uh, cohort there, uh, Dowd, the Armalite should not be your first choice because it has a tendency oh. to constantly jam or double feed. Okay. And also being a two-piece receiver with where, over time, your accuracy after you've done your eight-thirds and zero at 25 and all that, you're not going to be as accurate as you want to be. Okay. The two two three five five six is a varmint round. It's just a hair larger than a 22. To actually knock down your target, you need something a little bit larger. 